break 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 You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back here on The Punch-Out, 17th of August, 2022. Very happy to be back with you here on the show and plenty for you here on the show as we always do. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about politics in the U.S. post-budget deal. With the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, which went into effect yesterday, we've entered into the final stretch toward the midterm elections, which, if nothing else, offers something of a picture of the state of U.S. politics in the moment. The Inflation Reduction Act, the Trump raid, Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan have all been added into the mix with other major themes like abortion rights, policing, quote-unquote crime, climate change, and the quote-unquote economy more broadly in terms of the various eddies and currents that are shaping the country's political culture and direction. To examine some of the state of play, we want to offer some observations from the most recent Economist YouGov poll. As always, poll results have to be taken with a grain of salt for all their various deficiencies, but they still offer us the opportunity to make some insights that are certainly of note. And I will say that this poll's biggest drawback is it was taken before the raid on Mar-a-Lago, so important caveat on some of its political results. But nonetheless, as we mentioned before, it's still much to take note of. The Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA, looms large here, and notably the act isn't expected to have much impact on inflation. But it does address other major issues like health care and climate change. According to the Economist YouGov poll, its support is fairly close to the way it passed Congress, just about a simple majority. Overall, 52% of people told the YouGov pollsters that they supported the bill, and 34% supported it strongly. One interesting fact here is that the 15% corporate minimum tax provision of the bill was the most popular of the various core provisions of the IRA, with 64% of people saying they supported it. 65% of those making less than $50,000 a year supported this 15% corporate minimum tax, and 70% of those making between $50,000 and $100,000 a year said the same. 67% of black people polled also agreed with making it more difficult for corporations to game the tax system, along with 48% of Republicans. It does seem fairly notable then that increasing corporate taxes has broad support across the population and supermajority support within the working class. Whether or not the bill will actually help the Democrats in the midterms is a whole other question, but at least in this snapshot in time, Democrats, for whatever reason, seem to have slightly increased their lead as it concerns the midterm elections. The last time we examined the Economist YouGov poll, they do one every so often, every couple weeks, when asked about the preferred outcome for the Senate election as a whole this fall, those who are being polled said they preferred the Republicans to control the Senate 36% to 35%. Now, Democrats are up 38% to 36%. In the House, the last poll from July had Republicans up 37% to 36% in the House. Now, Democrats are up 39% to 36%. 
Now, when you take into account the sampling errors in polling, still basically tie game territory here. But the fact that the technical lead has shifted when the only major thing that's really changed between the two polls being the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, you could certainly argue that the bill gave the Democrats a little boost. 538.com's polling average for the Senate has Democrats up fairly comfortably in Pennsylvania and Arizona and with small leads in Georgia and Ohio, plus a tie in Nevada and a tight race in Wisconsin. So on the whole, that generally tends to match up with the general trend of Democrats being ahead in the Senate races. In the House, there really isn't enough good polling here, but conventional wisdom probably still favors the Republicans, but it's obviously tight. The poll also reflects the fact that the New York Times poll from a few weeks ago claiming Republicans are building some sort of multiracial working class coalition that rivals the Democrats coalition, which is apparently of all rich people, according to the New York Times. Well, that that all as a narrative continues to look very stupid and certainly not in conformity with the actual evidence that exists and really based only on the most superficial analysis of the data that's out there. And you can listen to our show from July 14th for a deep dive on all that. But just suffice it to say that the most recent Economist YouGov poll has Latino respondents favoring a Democratic Senate by 13 percentage points and a Democratic House by 14 percentage points. People making under $50,000 a year, at least according to this poll, favor a Democratic-controlled House by eight points. People making $50,000 to $100,000 a year by three points. And those same income cohorts favor a Democratic Senate by basically the same margins. Perhaps the biggest takeaway from all the horse race election polling right now is that despite the general trend of the president's party losing the midterms, despite the extreme dissatisfaction among the Democratic base, despite an objectively poor performance by the Biden administration in many respects, Republicans are still struggling to take and hold the lead, which truly reinforces how many of their positions really only have minority support in the country. Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan was widely seen as a way to both increase the U.S. attempts to isolate China, but more to the point, an attempt to look tough on China for the midterms. Well, if the economist YouGov poll is any indication, it certainly doesn't seem to be having the positive effect here in America that she probably hoped it would. The plurality of those polled, 39%, felt Pelosi should not have visited Taiwan. 27% said they weren't sure, and 33% said they thought she should have visited. So 66% of the country was either against the visit or wasn't moved enough by it to take a firm position. And notably, those making under $50,000 a year were slightly above the average level of opposition, with 41% saying Pelosi should not have gone. The plurality of black people polled, 39%, were not sure if she should have gone or not, and 31% of black people polled thought she should have gone, 30% said she shouldn't. So in some core base areas for Democrats, Black voters and low-income voters, Pelosi's trip did not set off any fireworks, and if anything, many of the people thought it was very foolish. Relatedly, the Economist YouGov poll also asked people if they viewed China and Russia as enemies, allies, friendly or unfriendly. As you can expect, enemy and unfriendly carry the day in basically every category by a significant amount. But when you drill down, one thing you notice is that regarding China— Those who view China as unfriendly or as an enemy are more likely to be white, more likely to be older, more likely to be Republicans. As it concerns Russia, people who view them as an enemy or unfriendly tend to be more likely to be younger, more likely to be people of color, and more likely to be Democrats. Interestingly enough, in both cases, people viewing either country as enemies or unfriendly are more likely to live in the suburbs. When you think about it, this is a very interesting point regarding the aspect of the media and political parties and the nexus between them. 
Democratic politicians and affiliated media tend to bash Russia more. Republicans and affiliated media tend to bash China more. So you can see people who tend to be more likely to vote Democrat will feel the same way as the affiliated media and politicians. And people tend to be more likely to vote Republican. Same thing. So ultimately, it gives you a big sense of the impact of the media ecosystem and the related commentary by politicians on shaping people's views as it regards who should be considered an enemy or an ally. Speaking of Russia, a few notable facts here about the Russia-Ukraine conflict from some of the various polling cohorts done by this economist YouGov poll. Black voters by far had the lowest percentage of people who feel U.S. policies towards Russia should be harsher, 20%. That's 16 percentage points lower than the overall average. The plurality said U.S. policies towards Russia were about right in their harshness. So some of that could be chalked up to just party loyalty, since people who tend to vote for Democrats in larger numbers tend to give this response in the poll, since they're generally supportive of what the Biden administration is doing. But it does still seem notable. Perhaps the main takeaway from all this Russia-Ukraine polling is really that the attempts of hardcore Ukrainian partisans to draw an ever harder line on the issue in the U.S. is not really finding a huge audience. This week marks a year since the U.S.-Afghan withdrawal. The Economist YouGov poll respondents at least seem pretty split on whether that was good or bad, but here's an interesting note. Many have been claiming that Republicans are the party that is more against U.S. military ventures abroad now. Well, notably, Republicans, overwhelmingly, 68% of them who at least answered this poll, told these pollsters they thought it was a mistake to withdraw from Afghanistan last year. 51% of white men without a college degree, the so-called white working class voter that the liberal media loves to talk about, also thought it was a mistake to leave. And also, 72% of Trump voters also told the economist YouGov pollsters they thought it was a mistake for the U.S. to leave Afghanistan last year. So not that you needed that to know that the whole quote-unquote Republicans are an anti-war party meme was absurd and false, but it is a little more fuel for the fire. One thing that just about a majority of everyone agrees with, though, is that, quote, the country is off on the wrong track, end quote. 70% of the people who answered this poll agreed with that statement. Basically, the only subset of people polled where less than a majority agreed with that statement that the country is off on the wrong track, were self-described Biden voters, where 49% said the country is on the wrong track. But assuming that that's probably the best proxy for people likely to give the president the benefit of the doubt, the fact that essentially half the people who voted for him still feel the country is on the wrong track, uh, it seems like a pretty high number. Either way, that seems to sum up the state of things pretty well. When you go issue by issue, more progressive options tend to get at least simple majority support broadly. When you ask people to pick between the two parties, people are relatively split since clearly neither party is really speaking to the issues people care about in a substantive way. And this is undoubtedly the underlying basis behind the gridlock in the U.S. political system. The core issues aren't heavily addressed, so political choice making by voters boils down to a subjective judgment on the least bad option. Or in other words, quote unquote democracy in the U.S., is not about what people's real hopes and dreams for the future are, but which party they view as least likely to crush their dreams the most. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. 
And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. Yeah. 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 Yeah.